Football season is upon us, and you know what that means. Cold weather is right around the corner. So if you've been putting off getting windows or patio doors all this time, what are you waiting for? Now is the best time to save money at Renewal by Anderson. Right now, Renewal by Anderson, they're having a once-a-year end-of-summer sale. Buy one and get one 40% off. That goes for windows and patio doors. Plus, you can take an additional $50 off each window and patio door, and there's no limit on that. Plus, free installation, no money down, and zero interest and zero payments for an entire year. How can you beat that? Be sure to call Jack Scott today at Renewal by Anderson. They've been in business for 117 years. Call Jack at 440-226-6224. That's 440-226-6224. Act fast. This offer ends September 4th, the end of summer sale at Renewal by Anderson. The song you will hear in the following episode is the iphonic remix of This City by Patrick Stump and Lupe Fiasco. Copyright 2011 by Sony ATV Publishing. All Cleveland Browns highlights that appear in this episode appear courtesy of the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. And when I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. Now what if I told you my city was the best, and my city was a threat to the rest? And my city was a threat to the rest. Cleveland is my city, and I love it, yeah, I love it. The shotgun, they need nine yards on third down to keep the drive going. First drive of the game, Baker long count, takes the snap, looks and throws, that's caught, Hooper's got it, he's wide open, 30, 25, 20, he's to the 15-yard line. Uh, blown coverage there by the Falcons. Say, how about that? Takes the snap, drops straight back, looking, looking, firing, Hodges up and he caught it. Inside the 25, down to the 21 and a first down. He was wide open, 21-yard gain, Jalen Hawkins on the tackle. From the Atlanta 22-yard line, Mayfield under center, Dearness Johnson, Malone back in the backfield. They're going to bootleg it out. Mayfield steps, he throws, Hodges open, caught it, and he dives to the pylon. Touchdown, Kaderil Hodge, his second one in consecutive games. That's my town where they show you love it. They seen you around. All of my dogs up in the dog pound. Man, I love my tribe, my calves, my Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Feeling Dangerous Podcast presented to you by Jack Scott over at Renewal by Anderson. They have been in business for over 117 years. Be sure to call Jack Scott today for a free consultation at 440-226-6224. That's 440-226-6224. We're in for a treat tonight. We are joined by former Ohio State National champion Tyvis Powell. Tyvis, how you doing this evening? Oh, I'm doing good. You know, I you know, I did something new today. I actually helped my father-in-law, my mother-in-law, because her birth my mother-in-law's birthday was last week, and they bought her a hydrangea tree. And we actually just oh. planted it. For the first time in my life, I planted a tree. So <laughs> I am now a professional tree planter. Yeah. <laughs> I absolutely love it. Hey, it's always nice when you can do do something new. That's, that's yeah. something I need to do one day. I don't know hey, if I ever will, I, but 
I never did. Listen, I never did it. And I was like, I don't really know how to do it, but you know, I'll figure it out. <laughs> Definitely appreciate uh, you joining the show tonight. Got a variety of topics to cover with you, but really first off, I mean, you came out of Bedford high school. You were a top recruit for many D one schools out there. And other than being from Ohio, what made your decision that Ohio State was the best move for you and for your future as a D1 student-athlete? <laughs> well, you know, honestly, Ohio State has always produced, you know, great players. You know, you my one of my favorite players growing up was uh, Malcolm Jenkins. I looked up to him a lot. And, you know, if I had the opportunity to be like Malcolm, of course I would take that opportunity. But just, you know, the various people that came from Cleveland, you know, Troy Smith, again. Dante Whitner, all those people, they went up there and had success. Uh, yeah, I mean, definitely. And that's what Ohio State's known for. I mean, they're blue blood for talent. And, I mean, even more so now, too, with just the recruits that Brian Hartline is bringing into that wide receiver room when you mentioned Ted Ginn. Yeah, that, definitely made great. me think of the receivers we're bringing in right now. And also on top of that, you played for an amazing coach at Ohio State, Urban Meyer. He will always be loved for what he did for this program, and after, especially after he took over for what happened with Coach Trestle. How would you describe his coaching style at Ohio State and how it built you guys into a national championship team? Coach, he's very aggressive, you know, really, really gets the best out of you. You know, he's going to, if he see you slacking, like, he's going he gonna to come talk to you about it. You know, he there's no gray area. That's the thing I respect about him the most. He He's going to let you know where you stand every day and and the way he puts this is either this or is this there's no in between so that having that mindset just not even on field just to apply it to life you know it it actually helped me as a as a person because it's like no I became like an accountable person I don't use excuses I'm ambitious it, all that came from like being under him so I respect him a lot for that and, and Tyvis, obviously Urban got a chance now to be a head coach in the NFL he's with the Jacksonville Jaguars yes. and do you think that he's going to see that same success that he saw in college in the NFL where obviously the players are you know much older they're getting paid millions of dollars compared to college players I will tell you this if he don't get that offensive line addressed He's going to be struggling a little bit. Uh, but, yes, if, I feel like if the thing about him is he, he he builds a culture within programs. If you go anywhere and try to change like change a person, obviously it's going to be a lot of pushback. Like, no, I'm not doing that. Like, especially in the NFL, like you got you got people on the team that might be in the league for five or six years, and they did things a certain way, and it worked for them. So who is Coach Meyer to come in here and try to tell me how to do my <laughs> thing when I've been successful? in this league doing it yeah. the way I do it. Mm-hmm. But if you take your ego and throw it to the side and you just open your heart and just give it to him and listen to what he's saying, it will work out. He, he, it, his plan to win is is infallible, as he would say. The plan is infallible. And, you know, with, with the success that he had in college, it's been proven time and time again. So it's just up to the – they, they got to throw the egos to the side and just buy into what he's selling for one year. And if it works mm-hmm. – then they'll see it. But if they if it doesn't work, that, that, see, that's what you got to do. You got to go in there and be like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to just, I'm going to do it. I'm going to just do it. And if it don't work, I'm going back to my old ways. Just, just kind know. of following up on that. Do you think that his success is predicated on whether or not they see any early success? No, I think he got it. I think he got like a couple of years because they, they understand the situation that he's going into. But I, 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 they need to see some improvement, I'll tell you that. that for them, yeah, for them to, to, to like start believing in what he's saying, they have yeah. to at least win some games, more than one. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it kind of reminds me too of when Nick Saban came in, like came into the league. I mean, he was short lived yeah. in the NFL too. So you really just hope that's not the case for Irvin. Because I agree, I agree with everything you're saying. You got to be very careful when you come into an NFL locker room like that, and you're trying to change. I mean, every every little thing because yeah. a, a lot of players obviously would have a problem with that. Absolutely. These these ain't kids no, but these is grown men exactly. that got family. Yeah. Like if people got a lot of people in the league, grown men especially, got a problem with authority. Like you trying to tell me what to do. Like like who you think you are? <laughs> you ain't did nothing on this league in this league yet, and I have. So who is you to tell me? I trust yeah. me, I understand. You had a, a great career at Ohio State where you totaled 195 tackles, eight interceptions. But a game that has to mean so much to you is the uh, 2015 national championship game where we beat Oregon and you won defensive MVP with a game high nine tackles. So I want you to explain to us how it felt that that season as a team in general, with it being the first year of the college football playoffs and Ohio State win it all as a fourth season. Well, that season was crazy because, you know, we coming off of, we coming off of the uh, losses to Clemson and Michigan state, you know, that was the year because before that season, we won 24 games straight in the season. So, we were like, yeah, we that we that thing, you know. Coach Myers yeah. theory is it works, <laughs> it works, you know. <laughs> and then we suffered them two losses back to back. And I just remember that whole off season, you know, they just kept showing plays from the Michigan State game and the Clemson game. They just kept showing them in the locker room, just like building it, like this is the y'all y'all only as good as y'all last game, and we suck type thing. So, <laughs> yeah. And then I remember going into that off season as well, and they were saying that you know our offense was good, but our defense was terrible, kind of like. Kind of like how it is now. Like, you know, they had that mm-hmm. terrible defense last year, quote unquote. As a defense, we came together and was like, you know what? Forget all that. We're going to bring the silver bullets back. Like, this, this <laughs> we not about to just keep sitting here and everybody coming to see Braxton in the office and all that. Like, no, y'all coming to see us too. So we remember going into that season. We was like, we're going to put a stamp on the defense. And I just remember everybody was balling that season. Like, everybody. It, it seemed like they was just getting, like, pick sixes and fumble recoveries to the house. I couldn't get one for some odd reason, but everybody else was. <laughs> so we get to we get to Virginia Tech and we end up losing the game. It was just, like, unbelievable because, like, we never lost in us the regular season. So it was kind of like, man, I don't, like, know what to do type thing. People was kind of questioning, you know, is this season over with? Because, you know, at college, you lose one game, you know, you're probably yeah, out of it yeah. type thing. Mm-hmm. So he's like, is the season over with? And I remember Coach Meyer just coming in, and I had uh, – lunch with him one day before practice we had practice on Tuesday so we I had lunch with him before that and we were sitting there watching ESPN and they had so so happily just started talking about us and it was basically saying like yeah probably Ohio State's probably out of it and whatnot and I remember him looking over it was a, it was like three of us sitting at the table he was like all right boys so what are we gonna do and he gets up and he walks away and we go to practice how, do, how are we gonna respond to this you know are we gonna believe what the media is saying and just say all right season's over with let's just go ahead and do whatever or are we gonna keep grinding and everybody just like put their head down and just kept grinding you know it was that the rest of that season wasn't no cakewalk I mean we was in games where it was like we almost lost again and it was just Mm -hmm. like that team just found a way to win and I was like man this is a special group of guys like no matter what the situation may be they're gonna find a way to get this this game won we fast forward we get all the way to the Big Ten Championship and it's like we the underdogs for the first time, I think in my whole 
career at Ohio State for the first time, I think we was the underdogs. And I'm like, to Wisconsin? Like, are you serious? <laughs> but, you know, they got I, – I understood they had, like, the number two defense in the nation, and they had Melvin Gordon, Heisman, candidate and whatnot. So I can understand that. And I remember, like, we got to make a statement. Like, we they like, we got to win, boys, and we got to win big. But I wasn't thinking it was going to be, like, 59 to nothing. Type <laughs> thing. Like, like, I knew we had to win the game, but if 59 to nothing, it kind of caught me off guard. It was one of the – and we had to back up. We had cardio just now. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And like I say, the one thing I, I had the privilege is because that was my roommate. So I was like, you know, I got to see him in action and I always seen him throwing whatnot in practice. And I'm like, like one thing I will say about Cardio, like he I don't know how much you know the playbook. I don't know if he could scramble. One thing I do know is if he stand in that pocket, he could deliver that ball. That's what I do know. Yeah. So I was yeah. like, so as a defense, our mindset was, you know, just you know, he probably gonna be nervous. So let's, you know, try to get him the ball back as much as possible because the more you in there, the more comfortable you get. The more you get your rhythm, and man, it just seemed like every time we kept giving him the ball, he kept taking it down there and scoring. So I'm like, let's keep this going. So we just kept that going, and uh, yeah, we end up going against them, and that was that one was rough because we was down. But it was like it was the way we went in the halftime. You know, we was down. I think we was talking about like 14 or something. But it was weird because we was like hyped up. Like it was like. Yeah, we down, but our offense is doing well. Like they, they killing them on the stat sheet. They just kicking field goals. So we like, all right, we gotta hold on as a defense because they like they got Derrick Henry and they got a Bart Cooper. And I ain't gonna tell, I ain't gonna see it tell y'all like it's just the easiest thing to cover them. It's not, <laughs> it's really not. It was a, it was a task. I'm like, we all in this together type thing. So our offense ended up picking it up in the second half, and yeah, man, we ended up the defense ended up getting two big, three big picks. We had Vaughn get a pick in the red zone. We had Steve Miller get the pick six, and then. Of course, I ended it with the last one, and then yeah, we get to the national championship. The story about that. I'm I'm sorry, I'm long winded on this answer. But we get we get to the national championship, and I remember being in the locker room, you know, pregame, and we sitting there. I'm talking to Curtis Grant, the uh, starting middle linebacker. It's me, Curtis, uh, Mike B. And Joey, we all sitting there talking like, man, you know, it don't even feel like the national championship. It feels like, you know, the Alabama game should have been the national championship. We ain't really that gassed up for this game, and we should be, and it's kind of weird. So we get out there. So we get out there, and obviously our Oregon goes down the first drive. Boom, punch it straight in. And I remember coming to the side like, all right, <laughs> all right, y'all listen. They they come to play. They ain't messing with us today. <laughs> so that was the wake-up call we needed. And then, you know, the rest, we just end up, Everybody just woke up from that moment, and it was yeah. just a straight boom, 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 and we end up winning it all. But to answer your question, to win MVP, how did that make me feel? We were sitting there in the uh, fourth quarter of the game. I think we was up by like 14. And for some odd reason, I'm on the sideline. I think it must have been like kicking game or something. So I'm standing on the sideline, and the guy comes up to me. This is at the point where, you know, the game's over. They know we're going to win. So the, the one of the guys come up to me on the sideline was like, he's like, congratulations, you win the MVP. So when after the game, you know, come stand next to me. And I'm like – Man, stop playing with me! <laughs> listen, I'm like, listen, this is, you can't play around with stuff like that. Don't, don't, don't do that. Yeah. So he pulls his phone out and says, "This your name right here, ain't it?" And I'm like, "Wow!" <laughs> like they really gonna give it to me? So yeah, to win that was, it was like the cherry on top, you know. But it wasn't one of those things that I went in the game like 
I'm going to go to win MVP. Yeah. Like, in my mind, it was just like we done made it to the championship, and my teammates is depending on me. I'm not going to let them down in this moment, and I'm going to do whatever I need to do. I don't care if I need to feel the B-gap all game. I'm going to feel that B-gap as hard as I can because I'm not going to be the reason we lose this game. And for me to just, you know, know that that paid off in the end, it was just – a beautiful thing, man. It was a great day, man. Great day. Yeah. And, and Tyvis, uh, uh, you you shared the secondary in 2015 with the then true freshman Denzel Ward. Yes. Uh, and, and when you played together, could you tell uh, that he would become the lockdown corner that he became in college and now we're seeing uh, on the Browns? Uh, to be truthfully honest with you, at first, you know, I thought he, I actually thought he was like a little timid at times. I knew he was fast and I knew he could cover really well, but I didn't know if his if his toughness was there. And that, he proved that when we was playing. I think we was playing might have been Wisconsin. One, it was some special teams play he made where he ran down there. He flew down the field and he threw it in there. And I was like, yeah, he ready. <laughs> <laughs> he definitely ready for sure. <laughs> and, uh, Tyvis, one of the things we did want to get your thoughts on here was really just n- name, likeness, and image right now. Uh, just mm-hmm. talk about really your thoughts overall on that and h- how you feel about athletes being able to um, really be able to finally profit off um, really just endorsements and things like that that they haven't been able to do in the past. Well, honestly, my, my, my first initial reaction to it was I'm mad at my mother and my father because I was born too early. Like they should have, they could have waited a couple of years. That That's my first initial response to it. But I'm, it's a relief, man. Cause it's, you know, there's been so many times over the years where, you know, you hear all these stories about how these athletes are just broke and they come from poor backgrounds, but they like a superstar and they make all the school, all this money and stuff, but they're not mm-hmm. getting any benefit from it. It's great to see that they, you know, finally get to use their name to like, you know, because everybody don't come from a great background. So they can use the money that they get and to kind of take care of their families and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's, it's long overdue. And I'm glad that it's finally happened. I have no problem with it. I be on Twitter and I see all these people getting all these sponsorships and I'll be like, do it, man. <laughs> I be like, y'all doing it. Go ahead. So what would you say to the people that are saying, you know, this could ruin college football per se. Cause I hear a lot of people saying that on Twitter for some reason. I, I understand why they might feel that way, but you got to think like as a, as a college athlete, okay. You got to put yourself, think, go back to when you was in college. Okay. As a college athlete, you're not coming there to say, I'm going to just be the greatest college football player ever. Like I'm going to just, you know, I'm going to just live in college and that's it. No, if you playing yeah. college football, you more than likely you have dreams of playing in the NFL. Okay. So if you get there and you think that you're going to get to the NFL, you just going to just reap the benefits of college and not go hard on the field and not play hard and not make plays and think that you're going to still make it to your dream. Like that, that's, that's asinine to even think that. So yeah. I don't think it's going to take away from the game. If anything, it's going to make people play harder because I yeah. need to get a better name so I can get more money. <laughs> so I don't understand where they getting, like, why they think it's going to take away from the game at all. If anything, it's going to make people go out there and play even harder. Oh, yeah, exactly. One of the things that I remember when I first saw that, I was so happy for these athletes, but I'm not going to lie. I was pretty happy for myself, too, because that means we're going to get college, fo- uh, college football back, the video game. And oh, I am absolutely mm-hmm. excited about that. I remember um, <laughs> the, the story about Cardell Jones always just playing that game and just dominating people. Is that, yeah, is that was yeah. that really Cardell's game? 
he was more of a Madden player, but he went to, he did that one kid in the hospital filthy, didn't he? He scored a hundred <laughs> points on him. I think he was like a, a he was a cancer recovering from cancer or something. And Gardell went in there and went that day. I knew that he was my son. I said, "Yeah, man, I taught that boy right, man. You don't go easy on nobody. I don't care who it is." <laughs> oh, man. So, who would you have endorsed if if you had an opportunity to endorse a company? In, in college, I, probably Canes. Or Chipotle, one of them oh, two. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 listen, they they could have just said, "Listen, Ty, we'll get you a lifetime membership. You can eat here for free." And I'd have been like, "Deal." <laughs> <laughs> now, Ty, yeah, I think all of us would sign up for that one. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, Ty, we're just going to kind of move over towards uh, looking at Ohio State, looking at the season to come. And now, obviously, Justin Fields is gone. He's now the 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 backup quarterback, soon to be starter for the Chicago Bears. <laughs> and uh, now, now CJ Stroud is going to take over. And what do you expect from him in his first college game at Minnesota? Well, see, that's funny because the thing you would think, you know, he'd be nervous, you know, but the history has been that every quarterback's first start at Ohio State is always something big. Like they end up throwing like five, six touchdowns, going for 400 yards or something like that. So, I would expect that because Ryan Day just knows how to get that done for some. I don't know what he does or how he knows what to do, but for some reason, the first game is always a coming out party for whoever the starting quarterback is, and I don't expect anything less from CJ. Mm-hmm. Think especially, especially, with, especially with the offense that he got, it should be easy yeah. to. Him. Oh yeah, with, with the offense, he has he has all the weapons that you know in the world to throw to Olave and all them. But with the with the first game being on the road on a Thursday night, do you think that has anything to do with you know the performance you could have as a freshman? Uh, I mean, see, that's the thing. So a lot of people is different. You know, a lot of people, some people could let that, you know, bother them. But the thing about road games is this. It's, it's the mentality that all you got is your teammates. Like, it's, mm-hmm. it's, you, it's you and your team versus that team, the crowd, the city, everybody. And they all hate you. So all, only thing you can mm-hmm. do is depend on your teammates. And with yeah. that being said, you as a quarter, you cannot let them down. Like, you got to look them in the eye and say, I will not let you down. I will not fail for you. Like, I, mm-hmm. I, I will make – whatever it takes, I got to find a way to get it done. And with yeah. that being said, I think that's the type of guy he is. I mean, he's proven that he's a great leader. Um, he was like that star of what was the Elite Eleven, right? He was the star yeah. of that camp. Yeah, he so yeah, he he has what it takes. He just has to reach down and get it done. And I think with the with the weapons that he had behind him, and even the teammates that he had, but the type of players that they are. If they see him struggling, they're gonna go talk to him and they're gonna be like, Bro, we got you. Just just get it out there. Yep. Like what yep. if the run if he if he's struggling to throw the running backs I'm like just give me the ball until you get your mind right and then I got you. Like we're gonna we gonna figure it out. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. They're gonna find a way to get that offense clicking and make sure that he's able to get going. Oh yeah. And I mean he's got that wide receiver room that they have there, you could make the argument they're all future first round picks in that room. <laughs> I mean, it's absolutely yeah. it's absolutely just unreal. And, it is. It is. And, and not to mention, <laughs> dude, that is so just crazy about what Ryan Day has been able to do since taking over Urban Meyer is that quarterback room too. I mean, C.J. Stroud. They have Jack Miller and another five-star in Kyle, freshman Kyle McCord. But the news that was interesting, and this came out um, just a couple weeks ago, Quinn Ewers was originally supposed to be a high school senior this year. Mm-hmm. He's now one of the highest-rated recruits in Ohio State football history. He mm-hmm. decided to join a year early. So w- with that being said, I mean, a lot of fans are wondering, 
do you think we see Quinn, Quinn Ewers this year, or do you really think it's C.J. Stroud from the get-go and that'll be it? I think it's C.J. Stroud from the get-go and that'll probably be it. I think uh, the backup quarterback will probably be Kyle McCord. Mm-hmm. Um even though Jack Miller is great too, like yeah, that 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 second string battle is is intense right now because it's it's three quarterbacks that can go in there and or if they was anywhere else they'd be like starting probably be in the Heisman race all type of stuff. So I like Kyle McCord the best out of as a backup because of what he did in the spring game. He had a he he led his offense down a couple of drives, scored a touchdown. I like that, but I think Quinn is one of those guys that's probably going to be on be the scout team quarterback because he got to get his feet. He got to get acclimated to the mm-hmm. speed of college. And I think that's probably ultimately why he came really. You know, he want to get acclimated to the speed, get the playbook. And then next year, if CJ is gone or whatever the situation may be, I think they are, they is, they, they all going for starting one next year. So it's, next year is going to be yeah. very interesting to see who the start quarter because if, if I feel like yeah. if they don't become a starter, they're probably going to hit the transfer portal real quick. I think we can all agree that Quinn's hair, I mean, that's that's just, that's QB1 status in itself right there with that mullet. With that you're mullet, you're the mullet, the <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, you can't, like you talked about, I mean, this quarterback room is absolutely, it's, we really haven't seen anything like this. I mean, since Braxton, JT, and Cardell. I mean, at Ohio State. So, and it took I mean, all three of them to win the championship. So, it, it, <laughs> you know. <laughs> exactly, too. And it's how do you think, I mean, as being a coach like Ryan Day, how do you manage all four of those guys? I mean, like we talked about, they're all very elite talents. Like, and, but now the fact that you don't even have to sit out once you transfer, like, you don't have to sit out a year anymore. Yeah. How do you think? that's going to work with him trying to keep all these guys engaged and try to get them to stay. Cause that obviously is going to be quite a tough task now. I don't think there's a way he can get them to stay. Like I said, I think it's, it's one of those ones where he, he did so well recruiting and it's a great problem to have, but I just don't see, you know, these five-star quarterbacks playing back up to, each other like it doesn't make like it does it wouldn't even make sense like I as much as I love Ohio State I I I would love to stay too but like you gotta if you have futures of playing in the NFL you the only way to do that is to get game film and to go out mm-hmm. there and put your tape out there that's kind of like why uh we had the one receiver transfer to Alabama who was really good you know yeah. he was he had to, he had great little film but he wasn't going to be like he wasn't going to be geared or he wasn't going to be Chris. So he needed to get somewhere where he could be featured in, t- in the offense. And I feel like that's the same thing that's going to happen with the quarterback position next year. Whoever don't get it, they're not going to sit there and waste years playing backup role. It's just not going to happen. So they're going to they're gonna eventually transfer. I don't think Ryan – there's nothing Ryan they can say or do to make these five-star, five-star quarterbacks play backup to each other for, for, for three, two to three years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, I mean, again, th- this recruiting class, and really since Brian Days took over as head coach, these recruiting classes have been obviously pretty much top three every single year. So Jack Sawyer, um, qu- obviously Quinn Ewers coming in. Which fr- incoming freshman are you most looking forward to watching the most this year? Probably Jack Sawyer because, you know, the D-line hasn't been – you know, they, they quote-unquote elite D-line, like they're waiting for the pass rusher to come on. And I, I don't think he's going to start by any means, but I think he's going. He's definitely going to get in the game and he's going because the D-line's going to rotate because they got so many people on the D-line that they can afford to rotate. And I think when he gets in there, you know, he's going to he's gonna dominate. He's going to make some plays for sure. You think Omega Ekbuka uh, makes any impact this year? 
like right away. See that's see that's the problem. Right? <laughs> it's so it's so many receivers. Like, dude, you think he gonna go in before Marvin Harrison Jr.? Like, it's that's what I'm saying. I don't know either. Right? Julian Fleming. I mean, oh my goodness. Then I yeah. think then yeah. another one is Travion Henderson, the running back. You know, oh, they say him and Master Teague supposed to be like. Like the one-two punch, so I I, I don't know. I, I I can't wait till Thursday to find out. I tell you that. Well, kind of going off of what you said, you, like obviously we lost a lot of experience on the defensive line. Uh, so so who are some guys that you believe are going to step up the most this year to kind of you know shore up the, the Ohio State defense? Off the top of my head, I think Zach Harrison is going to definitely uh, take that next step because you know ever since he came to Ohio State, you know we've all been waiting on him to be you know that Joey Bosa, that Nick Bosa, that Chase Young type player and he has the ability you know he shows flashes but he is his consistency hasn't been there and I think this is the season because he knows we depend on we need him to do that like the only way that this team is going to go far is if we get him to step up like that and I think with the especially with the freshman that came in like he got all the motivation he needs because if he if he slips up it's somebody that's going to catch him so I think that's what he needs to finally you know get get pushed over the edge and become that elite pass that we need uh, as far as the secondary goes. Uh, I don't know if he's starting or not, but I'm interested if he's going to get in is uh, Court Williams. He, mm, he yeah. He's a guy that they keep talking about him, you know, and, that, and I got the chance to meet him uh, when he came on his recruiting visit. I just so happened to be down at Ohio State and um, I had met him and I was I just a real great dude, real good dude. I went down there last year. Um, actually, not last year, before spring ball this year. Mm-hmm. And I, he was in the film room just burning it up, learning as much as he can. I'm like, this guy is going to be special. So that is the guy that I'm looking out for. To end things here, um, talking about the Buckeyes, these kind of tie in together. What are you expecting, I mean, from the Buckeyes this year? This is a team that is going to obviously make the college football playoff and compete for a national championship. And, like, overall, what's your schedule prediction prediction for the Buckeyes this year? The Buckeyys is going to finish undefeated, and they're going to win the national championship, it, it's like they are kind of in the same breath that I hold the Browns in this year. Like, like they so loaded that if anything less than a championship is, it's, it'll be a shame. Like I, I it will yeah. blow my mind. Now yeah. kind of moving away from Ohio state and moving towards the Browns, obviously the Browns have finished their preseason and this offseason has really been one to remember for the Cleveland Browns, especially in terms of how they've revamped their defense. So this offseason, they acquired uh, safety John Johnson III in free agency. And when you consider the AFC and how we have quarterbacks like Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson, how important is having a lockdown safety like John Johnson? How important is he to Joe Wood's scheme when it comes to shutting down those passing games? Well, it's huge because John Johnson is the thing I admire about him is I used to watch his film uh, a couple years ago when he was with the Rams. The thing I admire about him is that he is very smart. Like he's one of those people. He's like a coach on the field. Yeah. Like he burns up the film room. I could tell. Like he's always doing that guy that's asking questions because when he's looking for the the little tips and little keys that that 
that you don't necessarily always notice. You know, he's always trying to find that extra thing that'll put him ahead of the competition. And with that being said, I respect that. And that's what the Browns need. You know, they need somebody that's going to be out there calling like, hey, 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 I've been watching film. They about to run this right here. So get ready. Look, hey, hey, uh, Ronnie, look, they about to run this right here. Make sure you cover that route or linebackers. Get ready to check that like that. That's what you need on the field, because it's like it gives you an alert. Like because you might not even thought about that. You'd be like, man, I forgot all about that. We went over it in the film room, but I forgot. He's one of those guys that's going to remind the defense of what's coming. So they're going to be able to anticipate something. They're going to make more plays. Mm-hmm. And and uh, really going off of that, Ty, um, Tyvis, the Browns added, I mean, a lot overall, kind of like Jack mentioned. They're not just in free agency, though, but in the draft. This rookie class by Andrew Barry, and really since he's took taken over as Browns general manager, it's really hard to see where he's actually missed as far as draft picks so far. Yeah. Bringing in Greg Newsom, bringing in Jeremiah Wusu-Koromoa, Richard LeCow, Demetric Felton are some guys that I'm really watching. But for you, who do you see out of that rookie class making the biggest impact on this defense this year? Probably new. G new probably for sure, because he's the one that's, you know, we've been looking for somebody to be opposite of Denzel. You know, Denzel, obviously he's going to come in, he's going to do his thing. And, you know, Greedy has been uh, hurt. So we haven't really got a chance to really see what he can do. But, you know, mm-hmm. G New is one of those dudes. He's from the, he's in the big teams in Northwestern. So I know he we know he knows how to tackle. We know he's physical and we know he can cover. And that's exactly what you're going to need, especially playing in the division that you play in. Because, you know, you got Pittsburgh run the ball, Ravens run the ball. Since Joe Burrow and them going to throw it. But that's different. <laughs> that's different. But I, I'm, I'm very interested to see if he can hold his own, which he's actually been doing a pretty good job in the preseason holding his own. So yeah. he could carry that on into the season because they're definitely going to attack. They're not going to go after Denzel because they know Denzel does very well. So they're going to mm-hmm. definitely test him early. And if he can hold it down, then we we that means if you got two corners that can play man to man all game and lock it down, oh man, you can have fun with that that, that D line and them linebackers on them blitzes. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, and it, and it also like like you mentioned there, him and Denzel. I mean, out there together, Newsom was all, also talking about that. He's actually really studied a lot of Denzel's game too, mm-hmm. and Denzel's taking him under his wing. I mean, if you can get those two in sync, those are two young corners to really build the team's future around too. Absolutely. So I mean, it's definitely exciting for sure. And mm-hmm. he's also mentioned that um, Troy Hill has become a really big mentor for him as well. So, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I like also, he, that, he, that didn't he get really like the signing. he had like the most what defensive touchdowns last year? Didn't he have like four yeah. defensive touchdowns or something yeah. like that? Yeah, yeah. slot corner in the NFL too. Yeah, yeah. so yeah, we we. Like I say, man, it, it, it looked it look good on paper, yeah, man. <laughs> so keeping yeah. on that though, a, a lot of fans thought locking up Denzel Ward was you know. Gonna, gonna happen before week one and we're two weeks away now and do, do you see it happening do you see the browns locking up week one or or when do you see us locking up the pro board corner i think they'll lock it up it's probably mid-season i think it's one of those things where you know denzel tends to get hurt a lot and they want to make sure that you know he don't pull that stunt on us so <laughs> they, yeah. they want to see they want to see how durable he could be for a seat for at least half the season and then they'll be like okay he's good so let's go ahead and lock this up what are your expe- expectations for baker this year i mean you know could yeah. he be a dark horse mvp candidate what, what do you see baker listen, doing listen, listen to me listen to me listen to me right now <laughs> listen the, the man played one he played what two series last night yeah mm-hmm. the man looked lights out i'm gonna tell you that right now and, and to his credit, now, now, he he has no choice but to be a yeah. dark horse MVP kid. Because if he wants the money like Josh Allen got, then you gonna have to you got to put up and 
you got to do some things mm-hmm. that's Josh Allen like. Yeah. You know, he got the ability to do it. You know, he last year I thought he had a tremendous season. You know, it, it's, it's always been for Baker. His his rookie year was really good. His second year was not good. His next year after that was really good. So it's like you know, he got to stay. We need two back to back seasons where he just just perfect. And I think mm-hmm. he's gonna get it done, and that's gonna convince everybody. Because for some odd reason, people don't believe in him, and I don't understand why. <laughs> I don't understand why because he actually does. Does do a great job of at least you know getting the ball out like once. Uh, obviously, they him and Odell struggled a little bit at the beginning of the season, but mm-hmm. like a- after that, they was he was perfect. Like he was doing yeah. everything right. He was having games where he was going like eight for eight. We had uh, when we played Cincinnati, he drove down and scored the game when it touched. Like I, I don't, he does everything that you would want in a franchise quarterback. Like, I don't, I don't understand where the hate comes from. But with that being said, if he's really trying to break the bank and win that Super Bowl ring this year, he he's got no choice but to be quote unquote a dark horse. MVP candidate. And when I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. I mean, he obviously woke up yesterday feeling dangerous. <laughs> I mean, because he, like you said, like you said though, he was in for those two series, and it's like he had been playing all off season. I mean, like just playing constantly. He was just yeah. mo- absolutely money. Not even with his full group of starters. He had that pass to uh, Cadero Hodge. Oh, it was, was, yeah. I, he couldn't have walked over and handed him that ball. <laughs> And yes, uh, two, two plays in a row to Hodge that look really nice. Tyvis, with the addition of uh, Jabadian Clowney, Tack McKinley, and even other those other important players we talked about on the defense, Miles Garrett is, I mean, not just a physical force in the NFL, but talent-wise, he's truly one of the best defensive ends, if not the best defensive end in the NFL. If Miles Garrett can stay put together a full season this year, do you think – it can help him win Defensive Player of the Year with those additions yeah. that the Browns made. Yes, <laughs> I think with the with the the way the defense is structured, it's set up for him to win Defensive Player of the Year. Now I tell you what, it, it's hard because Aaron Donald is definitely that thing. Yeah. Like it's, it's, yeah. it, it's good players and it's great players, but then there's people that's just elite. That man, Aaron Donald, is is elite as it can be. Now, but you know, I think with Miles Garrett, more sacks than Aaron Donald for sure. Um, he can move around more and he can definitely get it done. Like he he is like clicking on on Aaron Donald's heels for like here between him, TJ Watt, and Aaron Donald, those three players, it's like they like that much close to each other. <laughs> so it ain't really no drop off. It's like that little of a difference. And I think Miles Garrett definitely can because he, he he makes those game changing plays and he's it's just like his get off is crazy. He always in the backfield. They gonna be so fired up on defense that he's going to get it done. I'm telling you, yeah. I'm telling you, he's gonna, he gonna win it this year for sure. <laughs> Absolutely love to hear that for sure. And obviously, you know. One of the best running back duos in the league, Chubb and Hunt. Yeah. Do you do you see these guys maybe just even all purpose yards, both of them reaching a thousand yards? It would have been done last year if Chubb never mm-hmm. got hurt like that. That would have been done. And Kareem, that's the thing. He when he took over, it was really it was no drop off. He ran the ball yeah, just no. as hard as Chubb ran the ball, and he got things. Jeremy Johnson. Jeremy yeah, he. Yeah, and I, I, if he gets cut, I'm gonna be sad about that. I ain't gonna lie to you. I might shed a tear because he he nice. Yes. <laughs> he, yeah, <laughs> he, but, he can run, man. Yeah. So I think I think they might be the first duo to actually get it done because. Stefanski does a great job of, you know, doing – he balances. He runs the ball. He passes the ball. So, you know, I think with those two threats out there, you know, if one gets tired, the other one's going to pick up and they're going to probably break it too. So, they definitely going to find a way to get it done. I think that's like they go. I think them two meet yeah. up 
like talk about it probably every day. We gonna both get a thousand yards this season. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I, I firmly believe it, and there's no duo in the NFL that comes close to Chubb and Hunt. I mean, it's, not at all. Yeah, not yeah. at all. What's your record uh, prediction for the Browns this year? What was they last year? Thirteen and three. <laughs> Eleven and five. <laughs> well, then they going thirteen to three. This there we go. Wait, hold on. The seventeen games. Wait, the is that seventeen games. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Four, excuse me. Fourteen and three. There we go. Okay, there it is. Fourteen and three. That's actually the best prediction we've gotten the show so far. So. Yeah. Fourteen and there you three. Go. Now, Tyvis, how far do you see the Browns making it in the and in, in the NFL playoffs? Do you see them getting to the Super Bowl? Do you see them getting like what? What? Where do you think is like the 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 low end of where they're going to get? The lowest end is the uh, the AFC conference game. It's going to be them versus the Bills. I'm telling you right mm. now. I'm just telling mm-hmm. you. <laughs> don't ask me. Listen, don't ask me year. how I know. Just know that I know <laughs> that it's going to be the Browns versus the Bills. I, when it, when it catch, make sure y'all play this episode. <laughs> when it, I'm like, he's showing we'll God this. We'll but play. Then, we will. We will. Seriously. Now, I, I, they got everything it takes to beat the Bills for sure, but it, it will be. It's not going to be no cakewalk. It's going to be one of those games where neither team can make a mistake because whoever makes the first mistake probably going to lose the game. And once they get past that, they they can win the Super Bowl. I mean, they have the roster. They're built to win a Super Bowl. Like that's the whole thing. Like they, it's to the point where even if somebody was to get hurt, the backup is just as good as the starter, and that's the, that's what you want in this league because. This is the league. Injuries happen. 17 games, somebody's bound to get banged up and not be as effective. But the backup guy is going to come in and pick up right where the first guy left off. So with that being said, they, they got what it takes to win it all for sure. I, complete, I would completely agree with that. And so that brings us really to the next part of this. Who do you see from the NFC representing in the Super Bowl? Is it Tampa Bay again, or is there going to be another team that comes out um, and knocks them out this year? This is oh, no, no, okay. <laughs> with that, with this, I want to be on record. I'll be I'm on record on a lot of things saying I will not bet against Tom Brady. Okay, I, that's mm-hmm. no. I'm not going to do that. Okay, it was two <laughs> people that I would never bet against, and that was Kobe and Tom. God mm-hmm. rest Kobe's soul. I, you know, I'm not gonna say Tampa Bay not gonna win. I mean, I'm not gonna say that. <laughs> but if they just so happen to not get there, I think out of the NFC, this is this is the last dance for Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay. Mm-hmm. What a way to go out! Huh? So they they gonna they they didn't watch the last dance. Probably they probably got it on replay. They probably watch. They gonna watch an episode every sun every Saturday night in their hotel room before the game. Tell you, watch. Yeah, except it's gonna end with them losing to the Browns. <laughs> no, no, that, well, that yeah. <laughs> they, listen, they gonna get there. They they gonna they 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 got a nice roster too. I can't I can't yeah. deny that at all. And Aaron Rodgers just wants to go out and just basically he want to go out like how Jordan, you know, like, listen, I'm going to show you all that. I'm why this this organization has been, you know, a top team in this. Well, we've been a top team in this this uh, league for a while. The problem is they're going to run into Miles Garrett and Jadavion and Aaron Rodgers ain't going to know what to do. <laughs> but I do believe that they that Green Bay will find a way against Tom. Like, I don't like I say I, I, it's between him and Tom at the NFC. That's my final word. I, I'm not going against Tom. Him or Tom in the NFC. All right. I'd absolutely love to see that matchup. I know that when they played last year, um, that Tampa Bay took it to Green Bay. So I, I would love to see those those two teams rematch. I have my fantasy football draft tonight. I'm sure you're, um, you love fantasy football as well. Tyvis, 
first pick overall, who are you taking this year in fantasy football? See that? Okay, so this is the thing. <laughs> this is, this is the thing. <laughs> you always usually want to go like the running back route. Mm-hmm. Okay, you, you, that's that's typically like so either Christian McCaffrey or like Alvin Kamara or something like that, but. If you just so happen to want to go quarterback, you gotta. I think you just gotta take Patrick Mahomes. Like I just, I think mm-hmm. it would be. Now, when I did my fantasy, I had the ninth pick and I took Josh Allen. So, are you in a two quarterback league? No, nah, I'm in a one. I, I, okay. I wish, I wish, because okay. I got Joe Burrow sitting on the bench. Uh, man, <laughs> man, that's man, that's really that's really good. I would agree with you too. As far like McCaffrey, I had him. I think three years in a row because I was in a keeper league. They changed it this year because I won three years in a row. But <laughs> I mean, McCaffrey, <laughs> McCaffrey single handedly won me. I'm telling you, too, Christian McCaffrey. He's, 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 he, and, and our league, he was the first pick, and I was like, I respect that 100. <laughs> <Yeah>. percent <laughs> And, and before we let you go this evening, Tyvis, we saw the announcement about your new podcast. Just let people know about it a little bit. Just talk about that a little bit and what it's going to involve. Yeah, so the podcast is going to be me and my co-host, Andrew. We're going to basically be talking about just going over the games, that the things that I've seen, specifically DB play, because that's just what I love to critique. Mm-hmm. So I'll be giving out their knowledge on that. I'll be breaking down defenses, and I'll be giving predictions of who I think is going to win each week. So I'm going to do, like, weekly picks, basically. Oh, okay. Can't, can't wait to listen to that. That's going to be awesome. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, de- definitely I appreciate be, that. I appreciate that. Definitely going to be a blast. And and uh, where can people find you on social media? They can find me on Twitter, Instagram, at one Tyvis, T-Y-V as in Victor, I-S. All right, awesome. Well, Tyvis, thank you so much uh, for joining the show this evening. We really do appreciate it. Be sure to listen to the pod- this podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Give us that five-star review. Appreciate all the support and every one of you that listen to this show every single week. Be sure to also follow us on Instagram and Facebook as well as Twitter at FD Podcast CLE. Remember, guys, if you need the best replacement windows, call Jack Scott at Renewal by Anderson. They have been Ohio's replacement window experts for over 117 years. Call Jack today for a free consultation at 440-226-6224. That's 440-226-6224. We are the Feeling Dangerous Podcast, and we will talk to you guys all soon. Thank you for tuning in. James Conner in the backfield on the right side of Big Ben. Motion by the tight end. McDonald down the line, left to right. And the snap goes high over the head of Big Ben. All the way back to the two, to the one. And the Browns have it in the end zone. And they dive on the ball and recover it for a touchdown. Carl Joseph's got it in the end zone. A touchdown. Not a bad start. 6 nothing Browns. Marquise Bouncy just sailed the ball over the head of Big Ben, who looked at James Conner. They raced back towards inside the five-yard line. It went into the end zone. B.J. Goodson and Carl Joseph were over there, and Joseph recovers it. Field under center on first down and 10. Takes the ball, gives it. Hunt runs. He's to the 10. He's to the 5. He buries that shoulder and drives in for a touchdown. Kareem Hunt's 
and the Browns lead 20 to nothing. You're on Cleveland bound. That's my town where they show you love if they seen you around. All of my dogs up in the dog pound. Man, I love my tribe, my calves, my Browns. That's my heart. That's my soul.